Hello, my name is Chris Jordan, and welcome to Backwards. This is my new podcast where the goal is to bring on successful people and talk to them about their craft, what they love to do, and we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of their story, kind of learn about how they started doing whatever it is that they love to do and their journey along the way in hopes that it will bring you value whether you're doing something similar to them or you just take what they did and apply it to your own craft and hopefully just you know have a good conversation so before i get into today's episode i just want to say thank you so much for listening to this you know whether you're my parents hey mom thank you for the support or you're my friend or you're just someone who happens to want to listen to this. I truly do appreciate it, and uh, hopefully you get a lot of value out of it. I think I think the person we're talking to has a lot of good things to say. I personally got stuff out of it, and uh, I'm just excited, but just thank you so much for listening to this podcast really quickly. Uh, what I've quickly learned about trying new things is that you'll try something and then quickly learn what you did wrong and go from there. So there are some points where the audio might be weird on my end. I had some issues recording, and I tried to fix it as much as possible, but In the future, things will be better, but everything is good uh, with Tyler, who's the main person you really need to be listening to. I don't even even really matter that much. But uh, yeah, so today's guest is Tyler Babin, who is a creative person based out of New York City, whose main job right now is a video editor for Gary Vaynerchuk, who is the CEO of a big media company in New York City. And Tyler helps document his life as a CEO and uh, is doing a lot of cool things. And on top of that is a great designer, great photographer, and just a, a really good person who has a really good outlook on being a creative person and uh, taking risks. So honestly, I hope you guys really, really enjoy this. Um, if you do, you know, please share it on whatever platform you enjoy the most, and we would both really appreciate it. But without further ado, my name is Chris Jordan. Welcome to episode one of Backwards with Tyler Babin. So to start this off for the people out there who don't know who you are and are missing out, give a brief just uh, description of who you are and what you're doing. For sure. Uh, my name is Tyler Babin. I'm a photographer, filmmaker, designer, uh, currently located in New York City, um, working for Gary Vaynerchuk at VaynerMedia, focusing around his uh, vlog and video content, Daily V. Um, my sort of main role here revolves around... Uh, uh, a lot of editing on his content as well as uh, documenting and overall art direction. I've been taking more of a lead there. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to right now. And that's awesome. Like I've, you know, I've been like a really big fan of like, I was like watching Gary's videos for a long time. And then I was like, you know, who's like behind all this. And so I kind of like yeah. found like your Instagram at the end of it and I uh, started following you. And then, you know, we've just been talking over the last few months and you're doing like really, really cool stuff. Um, Thanks man. So the, the main point of like bringing you on this podcast is I wanted for people to uh, kind of learn about how you got to where you are now. So uh, where, where did you grow up and at what age did you start, you know, realizing like I want to be a creator for sure um I was born in Pensacola Florida I lived there until I was five years old and then my family and I moved to Gainesville we lived there for about another five years and then um we moved to Tallahassee after that and that's really like where I grew up um I always had a had a fascination with cameras um so as soon as we got to Tallahassee my parents got me my first video camera it was like a big, chunky Canon uh, camcorder, like recorded a tape, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I just started making videos. I was really into uh, card tricks at that time. And so, yeah, and so I actually, how I learned to film and edit was filming myself doing card tricks. And so they're still in like the deep, dark corner of the web um, of all the original videos I made. But that's that's how I started learning. Um, and so it transitioned out of card trick videos to making like little sketch comedy videos with my friends on the weekend. Um, we all thought we were just going to be like famous YouTubers until we realized we just weren't that funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, um, when I finished high school is when I started my transition into photography. Um, so I got really deep into photography, just shooting photos of like my friends and stuff, whatever we happen to be doing. And then I got a random call one day um, from a fashion designer in town who somehow knew about my work and had lost the photographer for like a shoot that was happening that day. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know anything about fashion or like how to actually conduct a photo shoot, but I said, sure. Um, so packed up and, and drove over. Um, terrible photo shoot. It was like the images are, are <laughs> god awful. Um, but that's when I started getting interested in the idea of like fashion, right? And and it was just it was more so like it wasn't so like I didn't choose that I wanted to be a fashion photographer. It was just like I did that, and then another person asked, and another person asked, and eventually I became like one of like I guess I was the known fashion photographer in Tallahassee. Um, so I started shooting for a lot of like the school magazines at FSU when they were kind of doing their thing. And, uh, and then slowly it transitioned and I was starting to shoot for like bigger clients and lots of freelance work was coming through. So I was doing that whole thing. And then there was one, um, like holiday season where like work just like really, really dropped off. And I was like, shit i don't know what to do like at this point like i had really screwed school up so like i wasn't doing well there i was like i gotta figure something out um and so a friend of mine was a manager at like a staples and he's like well i can get you a job like for like a seasonal thing and i was like cool uh so i did that and that was like I learned probably the most important lesson ever. And it's something like I'll definitely share with my kids is like, you should definitely get a job where you hate what you're doing because it's going to be like the biggest motivating factor ever. Absolutely. Um, the four months that I worked for Staples were like the worst section of my entire life. <laughs> um, I was just like stocking shelves. It was, it was not fun. Um, but I had a, a weird like sort of awakening moment one day when I was on my way to work <clears throat> not to get super morbid, but I was just like, I had like this really like, real understanding that like I was going to die and that like I really didn't like the work I was doing. Um, two days later I got the words work harder tattooed on my arm. Wow. Um, Yeah. Like I really like just committed. And a few weeks after that, um, I was able to leave that job and it was just because I just like really tripled down and like hustled as hard as I could. Um, ended up getting a design job at a local like startup company in Tallahassee. And it was, you know, I wasn't really a designer. I decided that I was going to learn how to be a designer just because I needed something else to do. Uh, so I transitioned over to that company. I worked there for a year um, doing everything from like initial ideation to executing on photo shoots and then designing the advertisements and then ultimately pushing it out. So I learned a lot. It was a small company, but it was like I was touching everything. So that's how I think I I. I'm able to approach things with more of like an art director view now. Um, 
So the whole time that whole thing was happening, I always knew I wanted to come to New York. Uh, I didn't know how it was going to happen, though. Um, it seemed like such a big jump, and like everyone in my family had never like done a crazy jump like that, and a lot of it was just like negative input. Um, and so I just kept like saving and saving and like getting to a good place. And then I started just applying for random internships, but I always knew that I really wanted to work for Gary. Mm -hmm. That was, uh, that was always the goal. Luckily I timed it so that a design internship opened up right at the time I was starting to like submit these things. So I went like really, really extreme on my application process. I like designed an entire website from the ground up and like created an entire portfolio that was specifically tailored to VaynerMedia. So uh, that's smart. <laughs> that's a really uh, like, smart like, like two months goes by though, and like I didn't hear anything. I was like absolutely devastated. And then on a Sunday night at like ten thirty, an email came through that a recruiter wanted to get on the phone with me. Um, completely lost it. It was the craziest night of my life. <laughs> so the next day we we get on the phone. Um, we ended up doing a few different like rounds of phone interviews and eventually I got it. So from initially being told you got the internship to like having to be in New York was like eight days, I think something like that. So I didn't have a place to live. I didn't have anything literally had to like went to Facebook, track down some old people I went to school with and was able to lock down a room for the first month. Um, so I just packed up and put everything in a backpack, bought a one way ticket and just jumped. Um, I got here, I worked on a beer brand for a while uh, as a designer. And then at the end of my internship, um, it was looking like there wasn't gonna be a way to transition like into a job here, which is what I wanted. So I sent Gary an email. I said I wanted to sit down for five minutes and just chat with him because I was a big fan and I just wanted to like pick his brain for a minute. He said, yeah. So it got rescheduled a million times, but finally the day came. I went up to his office and his assistant was like, Sorry, but it's not going to happen. Like, he's running late. Mm. So I was kind of devastated. Mm. Um, and then as I'm, like, turning to walk away, he's like, well, hang on. He's going uptown for a meeting. So how would you feel about just jumping in the back of an Uber with him? <laughs> so I said yes. Um, so he walks out of a meeting. We're like, we run downstairs. We jump in the back of a car. I'm sandwiched between, it's like Gary, I'm in the center, and then D-Rock, Gary's filmer, is filming our entire conversation. Um so that was that was nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah, how intimidating like was that? I mean, like the, you know, the <laughs> funny thing was is like I was super prepared for a five minute like conversation solo, yeah, and then I just got completely like thrown into it, and oh, it became it became an hour long conversation in the back of a cab while there's a camera in my face the mm -hmm. entire time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I was like shaking. I didn't know what to say. I was. I don't know like what Gary happened to see in me to like give me a shot because I was like collapsing in front of him. <laughs> uh, but ultimately we talked for a while. Uh, it sort of coincided to a place where like they needed an editor. Um, Gary asked me to create some content just like on spec to see what I would, what I would do. Um, so I made some stuff and then a few days later, long story short, I ended up on his team the, the really funny thing was, is like I had been a designer and so I thought I was actually going to be a designer on his team and I walked in first day and they were like, cool, you're doing video. And I actually hadn't done video since I had like finished high school like wow. four years prior. And so I like couldn't remember how to do anything. And so I went into like a super intense like four month process of like sleeping two hours a night, learning everything about editing that I could. Um, and that's where we are now.
I think it's interesting that you had prepared just for a five-minute conversation and you ended up being able to have like a 40-minute conversation. And what's interesting to me that I've started to realize in my life is that the most random thing will happen to you and usually that random opportunity will become one of the the greatest things that will lead to a huge opportunity as it did with you. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to go back to that you were talking about, it seems that uh, you get a lot of opportunities that maybe you're not the most prepared for in the beginning. Like obviously you're able to take on those tasks and learn everything you need to know and you've been crushing it. But it seems that, you know, you were thrown into, uh, you know, a photo shoot job when you weren't really sure how to do that. And then you had to become a designer um, without, you know, being a designer prior. And then you had to become an editor for Gary without editing for, you know, about four years. So how exactly do you deal with, with that pressure? So it's, it's a double-edged sword. I will say, I think I have like the worst imposter syndrome out of like anyone. Um, I constantly sort of get the vibe and I'm like, you know, I look around with like the people I'm able to work with right now and like the seat that I sit in and like, the, the job I'm doing. And I'm like, how the hell did this happen? Like, I shouldn't be here. Um, but that being said, anytime that an opportunity arose, I always just said yes. Um, I think it's always just like, say yes and figure it out later. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely agree. Yeah. So that, that's been a big thing is anytime any opportunity came up, I always said yes. And it was always like, I don't know, I'll just figure it out. And like, I don't know if I've gotten lucky or if like, I'm okay at what I do or what. Um, but I've been able to squeeze through every time, even though I've like not known what I was going to do on multiple occasions. It's interesting to hear that because you completely fooled me at least over the last few months. I would have never assumed that you'd been thrown in that position and then had to learn how to do what you are doing and, you know, doing successfully. I think it's interesting though, that you are able to do that because I think where a lot of people fall short is that they will look at what people are already doing and they'll begin to compare themselves and be like, oh, you know, this person has, you know, achieved this and they're doing all these cool things that I want to do, but, you know, I'm a beginner and I don't really know how to do that right now. And that's where a lot of people will stop because they're scared of trying because they may not be as good as this person. So how do you deal with that sort of dilemma? Do you deal with that yourself? Yeah, I mean, so it's something I struggle with a ton too. There's a lot of people I look at at this agency that work on our team and I'm like, I'm nowhere near as talented as they are. Um, but, and it, I always, it always seems to come back to this moment of like whenever I was like on my way to work that day and I just had the idea that like I was really gonna die and it mm-hmm. like freaked me out. It's just that I got to at least try, you know, um, and it, there, there goes back to this moment, this thing my dad told me, like my dad was in the military when I was growing up and, and he went to, to school really late. He was in like his late twenties and he was like really starting college. Um, and he, he told me this story about like, he was talking to like one of his coworkers or something like that. And he was like, I don't know if I should do this. Like, like everyone else is going to be so much younger than me. Like they've got way more of an advantage. He's like, I'm going to be 30 soon. Like that was a thing. And at the end of the day, he was like 30 comes whether you do this or not. So you might as well like give it a shot. You know, like you got to try like the idea of what if like terrifies me. And I, I like, I can't live with that pressure. Um, so that's why like 
every every time I get a weird idea or like I want to try something, I'll at least try and throw everything at the wall I can and see what sticks because just the idea of like laying in bed at night and wondering like what if I would have tried that mm-hmm. and like I didn't, like is, I just can't live with that. Yeah. I know. I, I completely agree. I, <laughs> I seriously think about that like all the time. And I've recently had that, you know, like you're, you're oh man, I'm going to die and like I want, you know, I'm right now I'm doing something that I don't love. Like I've recently had that realization. I think that once people get to that point like that's really the (coughs) turning point and like you've had that i feel like i'm starting to have that and so like for anybody that's listening who's like working at a job that they don't like that sucks but i think they should look at that as like kind of a good thing because they're not happy where they are so why not like find where you want to be and start there and you know quit that job and kind of work for it yeah for sure i mean i think i think complacency is really dangerous and Mm -hmm. so I almost, it's going to sound really weird, but I almost like the moments where like I feel myself get complacent because I immediately like, like pull the emergency brake and go like the opposite direction. And so I think, I don't know, that's maybe that's like a DNA thing with me, but it always like keeps me wanting to like go in new directions every time I feel myself getting comfortable. That's definitely, no, that's definitely, and that's like, that's a good thing to do as well. Um, it's scary, I guess. Cause like once you've hit that, that comfort zone, it's nice but there's so much like better things that happen once you break out of the comfort zone. Um, at least in my experience and it seems for your experience as well. Uh, so that, I mean that that's, I think it's really cool to hear how you've gotten to that point. Cause for me, I mean, I literally would have never guessed that you just were thrown into so many things. Like I just thought like, man, you really like put in the time and that's how you got the opportunity, but you kind of got the opportunity and then put in the time. Yeah. And I think there's like a good lesson there. So now I want to talk to you about what it is that you're doing you're doing now and kind of uh so you're right now you're editing gary's life pretty much every single day and uh kind of wanted you to talk about that process and how how it is to you know edit someone's life every single day like how are you able to do that how are you able to live your life at the same time and uh yeah just talk about that yeah um so that's a good question uh living like through someone else's life is tough it's hard to like have both lives at the same time um but it's cool luckily he's he's a pretty interesting guy and so it's you know every day is like kind of refreshing to be able to work on it um it's also been nice now that i'm like filming more too so i'm not just like sitting at a desk every day Mm -hmm. but you know it's funny i i was riding with him on the way to the airport the other night and like he got off on a flight and like I was getting back in the car and I was on my way back to the city and I texted him and I was just like, dude, like I just can't like the amount of stuff I'm learning just being around him. Like I never considered myself like a business person or being interested in business, but like there are days where I'm like, shit, man, I might go start a business. You know, like no, it's I, crazy. Like I'm just sure, lear- like, learning so him, much. I'm sure being around him for like five minutes is just like, yep, I'm going to go be a CEO of something. I know it's, it's crazy. That's, um, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's very motivating, but, um, it's tough. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm working a minimum of probably 60 hours a week and it, it goes only higher from there. Um, so balancing, you know, work life and my girlfriend and everything and, and trying to like keep everything in the 24 hours we get is very, very difficult. Um, I remember whenever we went from, it was difficult before we even went to the daily format of yeah, daily. Uh-huh. I remember that the day that Gary said he wanted to go daily, I like had a panic attack and I was like, <laughs> it's not possible. We can't do it. Like it's like daily. V, I kept saying daily V is not designed to be a daily vlog because unlike 
a traditional vlog setup. Like if you look at like Casey or someone like that, like he knows the story he wants to tell in the beginning of the day. Mm. And then he films what he needs to tell that story mm. as opposed to what we do in which like the camera just runs for like eight hours a day. And then I sit down with a bunch of footage and have to figure out a story to tell. Yeah. So that's like the weird, like reverse of our format. Um, but it's cool. I mean, it's, it's pushed me into a lot of new directions. Like I said, I never thought it was going to be able to be doable, but like we haven't missed a day yet. So everything's just running pretty smooth. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how does that, how does that kind of work? Like, I'm just curious, does, cause sometimes, sometimes you'll be filming, but most of the time you'll be editing and D-Rock will be filming. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, does he tell you like, Hey, like this is kind of the message that I captured for the day, or do you just go into it with like no, like knowledge? <clears throat> it ebbs and flows. We're really trying to like build out our communication skills more. Mm-hmm. Um, but as much as he can tell me, like the thing we've learned is is even if he gives me these insanely detailed notes, it doesn't change the fact that I have to like sit down and watch all the footage yeah. to like figure out what's all going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does try to communicate ideas and like he'll let me know if like, yo, there's there's a special moment in this meeting. So maybe we like we build the the majority of the episode out around this one conversation or something like that. Um, but a lot of it is 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 really solo too. I mean it's me like sitting down with headphones on and like watching it and just trying to figure out what story I can tell. Wow. <laughs> I can just like yeah. I mean I mean I know it's like it's awesome and like what you're doing is is seriously like really good for a lot of people and I'll get to that question in a second, but that's just got to be kind of kind of tough. Like, is there? Do you have days where you're just like, man, this is like, this is just really really tough? Or are you at the point now where you kind of you know you're going to be able to do it every single day? Um, no, I mean, there's still there's still you know tomorrow is like tomorrow. I'm terrified of tomorrow. <laughs> um, I, I've looked at Gary's schedule and just like the amount of meetings and like the amount I know is going to be filmed is like already giving me anxiety. Um, there's definitely days where I'm like, this just isn't possible. Um, but in, in a lot of ways it's helped me be very unromantic whenever it comes to the work. Like I'm pretty unemotional about like cutting things. Like if that's what I have to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, so I'm still at the place where like, I know I can get the edit done between eight and 10 hours. And like, that's what I need. Um, so now it's like, I guess just maybe a mental switch I made that like, I know I can get these done, but yeah, I mean, there are days where it's like, it's a stretch and and, you know, the really tough thing is, like, you know, not every day you're feeling creative, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. where, like, I don't even want to get out of bed in the morning, much less have to, like, come up with this, like, creative thing. And so that's really tough, um, knowing that, like, you, yeah, how do you push through, like, a creative burnout? Because, I, I mean, I think everybody does that. And that's kind of, like, the issue with, like, the daily thing. I don't want to be creative, like, every single day, not in a yeah. lazy format, but just kind of a burnout. So how do you, how do you push through that? Um... So I'm getting to a place now where, like, I'm letting myself take more breaks. And so, like, Gary was on vacation last week, so I, like, really tried to unplug at that moment, too. I've sort of found my limits as to, like, how far I can go before I really need to, like, unplug for a little bit. And, like, when I do unplug, it's, like, on a pretty extreme level. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's – I kind of don't have a choice, though. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that a video has to go up tomorrow and, like – I just have to do it, you yeah. know? Um, so there's, you know, there's plenty of days where, like, I'm pressing publish and I don't like what I make. I was listening to this interview with Jeff Staple the other day. He's, he's a designer um, in the city. 
And he, he said that he was like, whenever you get to a level, like as a creative where you're, you're producing things daily and like, you really are like making a living off this, you have to make like the decision that you're okay with making things and putting them out that you don't like. Um, and that was like an interesting thing for me. It was one of those things like, I felt like I knew that I just like, I needed someone to tell me that uh-huh. because there's plenty of days. I mean, there, there are days that I'm like so excited about the video that we're putting out and days where I like don't even want anyone in the world to see it or I don't want my name attached to it because mm-hmm. it's scary. I mean, it, there are days where I just, you just don't feel it, you know? Absolutely. But the, I mean, I guess the best thing about that is videos and art is all subjective. So like you say that, but yeah. you have 50,000 people who watch every single day who for the most part really, really love it. So yeah. I guess that's at least rewarding whether you're like feeling bad about the video or not. People still love it. I've yeah. had things like that where I'm like, man, this is crap. I got to put it out though. And then people like, you know, will be like, hey, this is so good. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe I was, I was wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of days where like the episodes I'm super excited about, like don't get the best feedback. And then the no, days I, where I'm I like, I'm like, I'm like this episode sucks. And everyone's like, yo, this is amazing. I'm like, why though? Oh, it's it makes, terrible. <laughs> it makes me mad when that happens, but you just yeah. got to take it. I mean, everything is subjective, but I always question, I'm like, Maybe I'm like I have terrible taste and everyone else has better taste. <laughs> I don't know, but um, but yeah. So uh, so since that is what you do every single day, you know what what do you think that you guys are really doing? There's a lot of you guys on you know the on Team Gary, and so what do you think that you're producing now, and what do you think it's going to be in you know like five years from now? That's interesting because you know. The funny thing is, like, we only started Daily V a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it's still so early. Um, and to see how much is changing in Gary's uh, career and personal life and, and everything like that, I mean, it's it's tough to even think about what would happen five years out. Like, I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen next week. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's kind of the tough thing. But like Gary says, it's always like more, more, more. And so I'm sure we're going to continue kind of riding the wave we're on right now. And, and, you know, as he starts executing on the things he's talking about right now with, with buying brands and, and building them up and doing things like that, the story will always be ever changing. Um, you know, no two days are ever the same. So, uh, I mean, we're, we're just going to keep putting out content and, and building it up more and more and, and whatever, he owns the Jets, then we'll make a big movie about his life. Yeah, that's going to be – I was actually – I was thinking about that. I was just like I wonder eventually because he's about to become like pretty much a celebrity with the Planet of the App show. Mm-hmm. And it's like once that grows and kind of the legacy goes on, like if he'll actually have a movie you know, called probably Gary or Vaynerchuk. That's what they like to do is just take the yeah. names. Um, it would be cool though. It would be cool if like all of you guys oh, have to make it as well. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, on some level i always think that like we're making it right now like like sometimes he does interviews and he's like all right they're like so after you buy the jets what's next he's like then they make a big movie about my life and i'm like so what does that mean like i sit down with the last 40 years of footage and like uh just edit it together into like (laughs) one seven day documentary Uh um yeah i don't know it's interesting but i feel like i feel like we're making it already do you think that the way that you guys are building this brand around him and doing this daily docu like documenting do you think it's gonna start being i mean obviously there's a lot of daily vloggers but mm-hmm. you know i don't really watch other business people who are doing this and like yeah. regular celebrities do you think it's going to you know like take on like other people are going to do it as well 
Yeah, I think so. Especially, you know, we have, you know, we're the first to do the format of like, he's a daily blogger that never holds the camera. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's an interesting dynamic. Um, but yeah, I, I think that especially, you know, if you've heard of like Vayner Talent and the things we're doing over there, I, I think it is going to be a very popular thing to have a camera guy follow you around um, on your day to day. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. I've, and I've heard um, other interviews where you talked about like, that's what you wanted to do. Um, is that true? Like you wanted to kind of go around and be with more people than just, you know, one person. Yeah. And that's actually uh, like shameless plug. My, my series conversations with legends I just started. Um, that's, that's sort of, good. thank you so much. Um, that's sort of the initial, uh, exploration and that idea of spending like maybe a day or two days with individual people and like tell their story as much as I can. Um, and it's also like very selfish in a lot of ways. Like it's me just trying to find mentors and like people that have like gone through what I'm going through right now. And so maybe they can sort of help guide me along my path. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to, to be able to just spend days with people and just learn about their life and, and take the, the bits and pieces of it that, that I can apply to mine that will help me grow and uh, just slowly start my world domination. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you think that's what you'll do eventually? I mean, obviously right now you're doing like really awesome stuff and you're probably going to ride that out for a long time. But as for you just personally, like where do you see yourself in five years? It's funny because that's another one like almost similar to like when I look at like where I was at in my life a year ago, I like if, if a year ago you would have told Tyler like what he's doing right now, I would have been like, absolutely not. You're crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so to think like what's going to be happening in five years is, is super exciting. I definitely plan on staying in Gary's ecosystem for a very long time though. I think the things that are happening with him and uh, just the opportunities that are going to arise are uh, very valuable. And also I just enjoy what I'm doing. Like I have a lot of creative freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I want to be able to spend time working on conversations with legends, see where that goes. I have a million other ideas. I really want to learn about like music production and maybe start a creative agency. And like, I don't know, there, there's so many different things that I got to check off the list. Um, so I'm not sure what order they'll come in, but, but I, I do have a, a strong feeling in my gut that conversations with legends is going to be a really big thing. Dude, I hope so. That would be... That'd yeah. be super cool. I would love to. I would love to see that. Um, cool. So just a few more things. I want to go to Twitter. Uh, we put out a tweet, and some people that followed you had some questions. Um, yeah. So the first one came from Sipola. That's an interesting name. Uh, he wanted to, and you've kind of um, talked about this a little bit. We can get more specific. But <coughs> when you're going out and you're filming Gary, how do you approach? getting certain shots um in order to kind of like minimize editing later on with d-rock you know you kind of have to go with someone else's style but when it's your own yeah. style how do you approach that um so it's funny like filming gary is kind of like trying to cage a bull like you're just sort of along for the ride um so y you can't plan a ton or like you know you're all just sort of at the mercy of what he's doing or where he walks or you know, there's, there's been tons of times where I, like, have a, this perfect shot set up where he's going to, like, walk through the frame and he, like, walks halfway and then decides to just, like, change his mind and goes the other way or something like that. Um, but that's something it's kind of like an everyday thing I'm trying to get better at. But it's funny, like, I watch, like, all of his little mannerisms and, like, the things he does. And so I try to sort of get ahead of him as much as I can and be able to, to plan for um, 
what he's going to do. Another big thing that I've noticed is whenever, say, like I'm filming a meeting, whenever I hear the part of the meeting that I'm like, all right, I know that's the part that I want to include in the edit. I'll then start thinking in terms of like from a B-roll perspective, what else is going to complement it? Um, so once I have that, maybe I'll stop focusing in on Gary quite as much. And that's like maybe when I'll walk outside the office or I'll focus on trying to get like moving shots or like panning or things like that. Um, I try to as much as I can structure out the edit in my head as I'm filming. Speaking from that, you said like you just step out of the room to film. Um, what what gear do you use to get like the audio and just with camera gear? I know that a lot of people listening to this are going to also be filmmakers and photographers. Yeah. So. Um, so from a camera wise, we shoot with uh, an A7S. Um, we use a Metabones adapter to a twenty four to a Canon twenty four to seventy two point eight, um, which is cool because the Metabones actually gives you an extra stop of light. So like a two point eight becomes uh, what's the next one like one point four or one point eight or something like that. 1. Yeah, one point eight. I think is is like the next drop. Um, I didn't pay attention. I actually failed my first photography class in college. So I'm super bad on the technical <laughs> scale. Yeah. <laughs> when people who don't know anything about cameras, I yeah. can fool them, but. You know, if I'm talking to someone who knows their stuff, I really got to just like try to convince them I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So that's the camera. And then we also use a Sennheiser. I'm using the new uh, AVX system, um, which is like this weird sort of like Bluetooth radio wave. I don't know like how it works, but it's like this really amazing wireless mic. Um, It's got super, super long range. And it's also like a direct connect. So like one issue that we like have sometimes if like if he's doing an interview and like they also like whoever's doing the interview also has a mic'd up sometimes there can be like radio interference and like you have to like make sure people are on different frequencies and all that stuff but the mic system system we use is just like a direct connection between the mic and receiver so it doesn't create any frequency issues if there's other mics in the room um which like seems like a random thing but it's like saved me multiple times and so i like that a lot so nice yeah I, I just know that a lot of people are going to be like well what do you use i'm sure you get that question all the time quite a bit um, so the second question comes from i hope i don't butcher this uh lindo Corchi on twitter uh and he wanted to ask you how different your life would have been if you had stayed in florida instead of gone to new york city um i i don't even think it would have happened Honestly, mm-hmm. like I knew that I was going to make the jump at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at the, at the job that I left to come here. I was already like feeling myself like starting to have wondering eyes and like looking at other things. Um, if I had stayed in Florida, I probably would have left that job and just taken all that knowledge and probably started my own company, like my own like digital shop. Um, the only issue and the thing that freaks me out about that is like I just wouldn't want to like make advertisements for like used car dealerships and things like that. Uh-huh. That, kind of, that would freak me out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I probably would. I'd still be doing the same thing I'm doing, like just on a much smaller scale. Um, yeah, and I would, I would have probably just ended up starting my own, my own shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about the car dealerships. Uh, me and my friend are kind of doing like a kind of a creative shop right now, and mm-hmm. I don't want to get into that space. Yeah, all yeah, the like same. that, and like, <laughs> like that, and like I don't know, like air conditioning manufacturers. I feel like would be a thing. I don't know. It's that just... stuff is not fun, but there's always commercials for it. Someone's making them. Yeah, um, absolutely. But interesting, cool. So the uh, the last question from Twitter, someone is asking. His name is 
Carl LeDuc, you guys have weird names. Carl LeDuc W, it's just hard to say. Uh, he asks, if you had to create daily content as a videographer or filmmaker, what would it look like? So I guess say you were working for Gary and you were just doing your own thing and trying to create maybe a YouTube channel, what would yeah. you be doing? Um, I mean, that's that's one thing that like, if I didn't work for Gary, I would literally start a daily vlog tomorrow. I like if I had time, I would do it right now. I'm trying to like do one, and I've been like editing the same like week that I had in LA for like six months. Yeah, you know, it'll get done at some point. Um, but yeah, I would focus on creating as many pillar pieces of content that I could. So it would be a daily vlog, and then conversations with legends, um, and then use those two pillar pieces of content to break down into like micro forms. And use that to sort of supplement like Instagram and things like that and build up my own personal brand, um, which is something I'm, I'm working on like all the time anyways, building up my own brand. Um, but I would really just like go headfirst into it and I would just try and travel and like document as much of the stuff that I was doing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that a lot of people could do, and this is what I've done, is honestly just kind of look at what you guys are doing with Gary because you have like you know the daily vlog but from that like a lot of things are pulled to make smaller content for other platforms and like yeah. i really never thought about that until i started seeing you guys doing it and i think that's like super super valuable mm. um but yeah cool so uh the last question that i have for you so uh imagine that your entire life has gone gone by you've done a lot of things what are you hoping to be uh remembered by it's kind of deep. You can you can that's, get deep if you want to. That's that's it's a tough a big one. Question, but it, it's I'm I'm curious. So you know what? I'll get super super honest. I recently I was actually I was on the subway the other day. I was on my way to work, and I felt like I was being far too selfish in like my own endeavors of like me just wanting to be famous and things like that. And I was like, shit. Like I really want to like like leave the world a better place than what I came here. Um, so I'm currently brainstorming on more charitable type things. I'd like to be able to work for some nonprofits and things like that um, and just have as many eyes see my work and for it to help as many people as I can. Um, that's a big thing. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, want to, I want to be able to work in a bunch of different mediums. Like I said, like I went from, you know, video to photo to design back to video i'm i want to get into music now like i just want to be able to like touch as many things as i can and be remembered as as not just like oh he's a good editor he's a good photographer but like he was a good artist mm -hmm. um that i think is something that's been on my mind a lot recently i agree with that no i actually like the like every single day i think about that because i you know i dabble in photos and video and i also have like been a musician for a long time and I like I look at certain people like I look at Childish Gambino a lot of time. That's yeah, like, he's he's like my that's, hero. That's the dude, right? He's like a freaking yeah. Renaissance man, and I I think Absolutely. that's like that's kind of what we both want to be remembered as, and I think that's a really cool thing. Um, well, yeah, so that's really all all I had for you. I really appreciate cool. you coming on this podcast, being the first guest on this podcast. Um, Absolutely. If you want to leave uh, with any certain words, and then. Uh, you know, give your links where people can find you. If people are listening that you know don't know who you are, for sure. Uh, the best place to get in touch with me is Instagram. I'm just at Tyler Babin. Um, I'm like really trying to like triple down on like my community there, so I try to respond to every single DM. Um, 
it's getting a little bit out of control. Like, I don't know how Gary manages it because, like, I'm already, like, completely, like, underwater. Wow. Um, so that's that's the place to go. I'm also tylerbabin.com if you want to see old work that I always forget to update. Um, <laughs> Twitter is at Tyler underscore Babin. And then Facebook, I'm just, like, never on anymore. So I don't even know where to find me there. Um, but, yeah, those are my links. I'm always down to chat. I want to talk to everybody in the world. So definitely reach out to me. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. And, uh, you know, everybody who's listening, if you're not watching his stuff, going on Instagram, following him, making a mistake, stop what you're doing, do that. And, uh, yeah, all right. Thank you. Yeah, man. Absolutely. This was good. And there you have it, the first episode of Backwards with our great guest, Tyler Babin. I just want to say thank you to everybody who checked out this episode and listened to what we had to discuss. I think there was seriously a lot of great things that I'm considering now when I'm going into projects. And I think the biggest thing that I really got is just, you know, when opportunities are thrown your way, whether you think you're prepared or not, just go for it. Um, Obviously, you know, be willing to put in the work and the effort to make yourself more ready than you may think. Uh, So that way you don't mess up the opportunity. But, you know, don't be scared to tackle something that, uh, you know, scares you a little bit. I think that's where the special things can happen. But if you guys enjoyed this podcast, as I said in the intro, it would mean so much if you decided to share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever. And uh, make sure you're following Tyler Babin on all of his social medias. And if you're interested in following me, my name is Chris Jordan, and my Twitter and Instagram handle is I'm Chris Jordan, just I am and then Chris Jordan, and you'll find me. And uh, yeah, this is a new podcast that I'm starting. Going to be you know having guests on fairly often, and hoping to really build this thing up over you know the next few months and years and however long I can actually get people to talk to me but uh that's really all all I had to say just thank you so much for checking it out and I hope you have a wonderful day I'll see you guys next time on Backwards (laughs) 